And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Miss Rihanna Manuel. Hey. Hey, ladies, I think we're all feeling a little slow today. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, we all need maybe a little nap, but that's fine. It has been a long couple of weeks, a long couple of months. 2020 has been something, and it was an interesting halfway week through. this year. Yeah, you know what? I guess silver lining. Yeah. We're all, we're halfway through this real horror show of a year, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're here with talk about video games, and hopefully we're a nice break from everything and the stress that you've got going on in your life. We're glad that you guys are here. We have lots of stuff to talk about today in the news, of course. Plus, we've got more chat about what we've been playing. But first, we've got just a couple of announcements, so I want to run down a couple of these real quick, like... We're teaming up with GameSpot for their summer charity stream, which we have been mentioning on Tuesday, June 30th from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. So mark your calendars. We hope you join us for that. Plus, we are streaming on our own channel at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Not only every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, which, by the way, special friend of the show, Steve Saylor, will be joining Brittany and I on Monday yeah. to talk about accessibility in games his experience with the last of us part two and of course just his general thoughts on what's going on in video games if you are listening to the podcast on friday june 19th the day that we publish hopefully you can swing by our twitch channel because i'm going to be building a pc with our friends from amd that rhymes rhymes. (laughs) yeah so leslie piritano a longtime friend of mine has been with amd for a while and we've been chatting about doing this pc build for literally months and we finally have all of the parts, and we decided let's just schedule the stream and make it happen. So we're in the process, hopefully when you're listening to this, in the process of doing that PC build. I'm very excited. Uh, the What's Good Games PC we built with some friends back in May of 2017. That's the last time I put a PC together, so Ooh. it's been quite some time. So I'm guessing that technology around building PCs hasn't changed <laughs> dramatically. <laughs> but excited to check out the new Ryzen card that she's bringing by. And, of course, the new um, GPU that she's bringing by as well. So we have all of that information over on our Twitch channel. Plus, on Saturday, Brittany, we're streaming again. We're streaming. It's time for our Patreon streams. <laughs> that should be like our, the way we announce them every month. 
Just kidding. Everyone will leave. Uh, yeah, so this Saturday, <laughs> the 20th, at 4 p.m., we are kicking things off with our happy hour Q&A live stream. And these are available to all uh, patrons. And then at 6 p.m., we are kicking things off. Not kicking things off. We're following the kick, if you will, with our after-hour stream. Uh, I think we have a game that we're going to play. I think we have something picked out. Yeah, we have a couple of things that we're 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 kicking around yeah. because, as a, a lot of you know, the Steam Summer Game Festival is happening, and there's a bunch of demos that are available. So there's a couple of things we have our eye on. But Leslie gave us some keys from Green Man Gaming for a fantastic little fun gem called Pride Run, and because it is Pride Month, we thought it would be fun to spotlight a Pride game that's all about dancing essentially like a really fun pride conga line the game is wild and (laughs) and charming and we have some keys that we're going to be giving away and uh, we always love doing the after hour stream with you guys so we thought it would be fun and speaking of pride don't forget what's good games.com slash store where you can pick up our pride merch where 100 percent of the profits are benefiting glad so i think that's all the announcements for it it is we did it. We did it. Thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Wagopoulos, Ferris Ate, Mohammed, Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Punk Divida, Male Bittner. <laughs> and welcome to our Patreon community, Badsa, Anthony Smith, Rolando Brown, Jonathan Coates, Crucial, Michael Stadler, and Andrew Walsh. And Brittany, we've got some new podcast reviewers. We do. We have one from John A. Billiot, who says, Andrea, you butchered my name, but I forgive you because for some <laughs> reason no one can get it right. So I don't know if I just butchered it. How would you ladies Wait, say that? Probably. Is it Billio? Bilio? 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 I don't remember looking at this name. <laughs> huh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Bilio. Okay, Bilio. Five star of you telling us how to do it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we also I'm have- sorry, John. Neon Carrots, the Neon Carrot, excuse me. There are a lot of Neon Carrots out there, but the Neon Carrot loved this review this time around. Mm. And Yuhas. And then Probe GTS. Who says, I've been listening, watching since the beginning, but after I heard Steimer's grandma impression, I felt compelled to write a five star review. Well, I'm that's glad what did that it. my grandma impression was what pushed you over the edge to give us five stars. Thank, Thank you, you, Steimer. Thank you, yeah. Steimer. Got Ryland Prince, Bugman 18, SD Carlin 30, and then Nerdy Farmer, who left us with this review. A blonde, a brunette, and a redhead walk into a podcast. The redhead says, What's good? The blonde grunts with happiness, and the brunette says, Eh, nothing's good. <laughs> so, that's accurate. That's pretty, I like this. I like this. So, lot. no, that's not really a funny joke, but it's a great podcast with good humor, insight, and knowledge. 10 out of 10. Thank you, Nerdy um, Farmer. 10 out of 10. Nerdy Farmer. Or disagree that was a pretty funny joke we laughed all of us laughed i like it i like it a lot i guess that you have to play it to the right audience for it to be funny yeah I'm like that, that's a, it's a very niche <laughs> hitting joke um no we love that though thank you everybody for all of the fantastic five-star reviews that you're leaving it really does help us out we appreciate you taking the time and helping further the world domination of what's good games all right let's get into the news but before we do that, of course, I've got to tell you, it's brought to you by one of our faves, Me Undies. I have been talking about Pride Month for the last couple of weeks because Pride is personally important to me and, of course, important to all of us here at What's Good Games. But it's also important to our friends at Me Undies. And it's critical that we take a moment to recognize and remember the intersectionality between Pride and the racial injustices that we continue to endure today. The month through this month, excuse me, through. This month through their Me Undies gives initiative. Whoa. Yeah, there should have been a comma there. This month through their Me Undies. This month. <laughs> there, thanks, Britt. Gotcha. Yeah. This month 
through their MeUndies Gives initiative, MeUndies continues to take action to achieve their mission of creating a more thoughtful and accepting world by making a $50,000 donation to both the It Gets Better Project and Black Lives Matter. They, like MeUndies, are committed to standing up against hate and intolerance and creating a world where hope outshines fear for all people. With MeUndies Gives, simply by shopping MeUndies, you help them support this cause. We tell you guys all the time how much we love our MeUndies gear. They have an awesome pride line that's out now with these fantastic neon colors and some rainbow gear as well. Plus, they have a very limited edition, The Child from the Mandalorian line, which is selling out very quickly. So if you want to get your hands on those, highly recommend you go and know that your purchases help two great causes. Uh, MeUndies also has this brilliant thing called an Undies membership where every month the softest undies will appear at your door. The convenience factor is clutch, especially during the pandemic. You never have to leave the house. And you also get site-wide savings, early access, and free shipping. It's pure joy, you guys. For everybody's butts everywhere. <laughs> MeUndies are made from micromodal and irresistibly soft, sustainable fabric that encases your nether regions in cloud-like comfort. Magically made from trees. Another reason to give them a hug. MeUndies are, of course, offered in a range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. And they've got a great offer for What's Good Gains listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. you got to give their super softness a try, you guys. I love my MeUndies, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S.com slash WGG. Remember, when you go to our unique URL, it helps us here at What's Good Games. Keep your butt soft, everybody. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about EA Play Live. Let's. I don't even know where to start with this one. Uh, I mean, uh, the thing is, like, we could start with the best piece of it, but then we, we gotta... <laughs> then we gotta end on a low note. We gotta end on... Well, yeah. So well, how, really how about this? Like, I didn't see it live. I, I was working during that time. So why don't you all give me, like, just a general tone, the feel? Like, was it jokey? Was it really straightforward? Like, how was the actual it show? Was very, it was typical EA. It was exactly what you would expect from an EA showcase. <laughs> so... Yeah, you're not wrong. I think the thing that was a little off about it was that they clearly had canned stand-ups from their developers and things because of COVID and the pandemic and not being able to fly people into a studio and do something in person. It inherently is going to have a little bit of a rigid feel. But I think now that we've been all doing video conferencing for several months, there's a way to talk to people and to edit it around and make it feel a little bit more natural. And I think if you're going to include developer interviews, you want them to feel authentic and real. Or you go the PlayStation route and you just don't include them at all and you do follow-ups on your blog or whatever afterwards and do developer interviews with individual news outlets like your IGN, your game spots etc etc and then eventually you know we'll get the coverage three weeks later here at Musket games <laughs> um i think what was successful we can start with that about ea play live was that they made it succinct but almost to the point where it felt like there was not enough seen like we didn't see enough from a cross section of their games they did cut down dramatically on the ea sports content which i think the community had been calling for as we mentioned on our live watch along 
EA sports content doesn't really need to be featured in their E3 style conference. The people who are fans of the sports games are usually not coming to the conference to look for the new features. They're probably just going to talk to their friends about it or they're just going to buy the game regardless of what's new in the game, right? So I think they took that message loud and clear. They heavily leaned into their heavyweight IP, Apex Legends, which we're going to talk to you about in just a second, which was smart of them considering the success of Apex. And of course, they leaned into their big license, Star Wars, which was also smart of them. I did really like the message of inclusivity and the nod to trans rights and the LGBTQ plus community in their Sims focus which was important because you know we got to interview Lindsay pearson here on what's good um several months back and talk about the last expansion the sims did and how important including people from all walks of life is to the sims development team and so i was really glad to see that but they didn't show anything or really give us an announcement they just said sims is great isn't it we're great we'll have more later yeah this summer (laughs) we're gonna have more stuff that's kind of all we got from that you're like but it's (laughs) summer right now just have the stuff yeah. or don't have the stuff I, I yeah it felt a little weird again i don't disagree with the messaging i think the video itself was very heartfelt and very good but i was just a little puzzled because they didn't have anything with it so it was just a just a video kind of patting themselves on the back yeah there but, was I mean, that you're right simon it was more of of obviously a fantastic message but in terms of new game announcements with regarding the sims nothing except for stay tuned and they also showed that command and conquer remaster trailer too which I, unless I miss something, that game came out a couple weeks ago. It must have just been a, like a hey, hey. In case you missed it, in case you forgot. In case you missed it, so that was kind of the tone yeah. theory. Was there were some really cool things, you know? I know you're excited about Apex and getting to see gameplay from Squadrons was fun, but a lot of it just felt like um, unnecessary padding to the to extend the length of the show. Some some of the stuff just wasn't necessary to be in there, I thought. And so there were points where it, oh, it, the the, sh- the mood of the show just kind of felt like it was just like a, a a straight line with some little bubbles here and there, you know. It was like you get a little bit excited but not that excited then you're kind of not ah. boiling. It was just, you know, lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, but, like a slow simmer. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely how I felt it. I had a different thing and it just flew right out of my head. So I don't. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't like a get hype moment for mm. any of us. I know that there was a lot of people online that were very excited about the squadrons gameplay. I think what's interesting about it is that we know that this isn't going to be a full triple A game based purely on the price point. Right. Yeah. And some of the yeah. early chatter we're hearing about the game. I did think it was interesting that they announced cross play and they announced that it's fully compatible with VR. I think a lot of VR enthusiasts are very pumped about that mm-hmm. because Space combat and flight sim games are very popular in VR, and so I think that that's awesome. The three of us, though, we're all like, "Who? Yeah. Space combat makes Space me throw combat up." In v- well, in <laughs> VR, makes me throw up for sure. Yeah. The only time I ever got away with space combat was when I played on PC and had a joystick. Like, mm. oh yeah, <laughs> old school. You're um, legit. But yeah, I think actually that that's that's going to highlight one of the best things I thought about the conference was that they had a lot of emphasis on cross-play, cross-platform play. Um, and that was something that made me really happy and excited to see that they were able to secure those deals um, for a lot of their titles. And I also really, I mean, sorry, rip Origin, but Origin, <laughs> their own EA's owned platform was mentioned, I believe, once. But they are now available on Steam and a lot of like a lot of their stuff is 
now available on Steam. So if you are a Steam fan and have been missing EA titles, now's your chance. They're all there. Um, but they mentioned the word, like, Steam was just, like, almost every other word. You get then, a game on Steam, and you get a game on Steam, yeah. and every game is now on Steam. Did we mention that everything's on Steam? Yeah. <laughs> Which I get. Like, Steam is obviously the bigger platform, and I think they finally have conceded to, to that point, which uh, is good. It's good that they ate a little bit of humble pie on that one. Yeah. I mean, running a online infrastructure is hard, especially when you're a behemoth like EA. It's like, why take on that extra burden? Let Steam just keep doing its thing and put your games out on that platform and stop making people have your own proprietary launcher. Just, I understand why it's important for publishers that can afford it and want to do it because they get a bigger share of the profits because, right, they get all of the profits when it's on their platform, but the cost... But you don't get as many profits if not as many people buying people. your game. <laughs> exactly. And you have to burden the, the, you have to shoulder the cost of all of the infrastructure of running yes. the platform. Yes. So uh, I think it's probably, they probably realize, you know what? It's worth the Wait cut we have to give to Steam if we just this like. This is expensive. <laughs> you know, why don't we just let them deal with the headache of running the platform? Have you seen platform? this Excel sheet, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bob's exactly. too. Uh, you saw, uh, something else that was kind of interesting too was we got to see three pans of Dragon Age, three Ooh, little yes. little seconds of uh, I wore, you probably remember it too. One of them was like this desolate, not desolate. It was like this dark, gloomy looking area with a tree that looks like it's one of those trees that you see in the Elven Alien Ages in the yeah. game. You know, it's like the big Venda Venda Hall. I don't remember what it's called. Who knows what it was? But it's very corrupt. There's some like red glowing stuff all around, and then we got to see what looks like red lyrium, but it's in a weird new format. Almost looks like tendrily, and it's not crystallized like we're used to seeing it. We saw a few a few screens like that, and what's been fun is actually going on the Dragon Age Reddit and just reading the Twitter conversations people are having because this is all this is all the Dragon Age community needs, like the hardcore of the hardcore. They're going to spend oh, the next yeah. like three years when this game finally comes out, <laughs> just breaking down these three images and looking for every little nitty gritty detail, and that's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that was all we got from Bioware. I was actually surprised. I mean, I didn't know what they were going to do. I knew that they weren't going to do much with Bioware. I was actually just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Three pans. That game is I actually, that so was far more away. than I thought that you were going to show us, so... So far away. It's true. Um, well, before we get into what wasn't in the show, I do want to run down a couple more things that were in the show before we talk to Rhee about the Apex news. So, a couple things. First, EA Originals had their little moment, even though I thought they spent way too much time doing preamble talking about the originals program and doing some weird featurette on Joseph Farris's moment at the Oscars and how many times he says the word fuck. They I'm like, dropped four F-bombs ooh. in this conference, which was really, was I mean, bleeps, they bleeped all right. of them. But yeah. I was still like a little bit of a head scratcher for me because to me that felt like EA being like, look, we're cool and we acknowledge this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it was like, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Literally, like that gif incarnate. And I just like, it felt inauthentic to me. And like, mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with with featuring Hazelight's upcoming game and talking about the success they had with A Way Out. But like making it about him and not about the studio and making it about him talking about how grateful the country of Sweden should be for everything he's contributed. I'm like, wait, what? Was, what are we even talking uh, about right now? Weird. 
But It Takes Two is the game that his company is working on. It's due out in 2021. It's a co-op action-adventure platformer. And as we mentioned, if you guys don't know who Hayslide is, they made A Way Out, that co-op game that we saw at EA Play a couple of years back. Then we also saw a little bit from this really cute-looking Tim Burton-y game was what we were Tim talking about. From nice. Zoink called Lost in Random. It's uh, labeled as a gothic fairy tale action adventure with a very modern message set mm-hmm. in a twisted dystopia where uncertainty and chaos are feared. Lost and Random is set to release in 2021. Oddly, <laughs> just on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I'm like, why wouldn't, if it's coming in 2021, why wouldn't you just announce it for Series X and PS5? Like, is it a thing? No. <laughs> I don't know because both of those consoles have been announced, so that's yeah, kind of a head scratcher. Sci- but the, I don't know. But the contracts. game looks really cute. Mm-hmm. That game, saying. that I mean, only because Squadrons was like leaked, so they kind of missed their impactful moment. Um, but this one was Lost and Random was my favorite thing from the show, pretty much because I thought the art style was really appealing to me, um, and I actually think that the the thing with the dice will be interesting and I really want to see how that plays into combat. Um, yeah, you have what, a what the companion named Dicey who's a yeah. dice. And Aww. I think you like roll, like he, I think maybe you can use him for different attacks and stuff. Um, so I was like, this seems interesting. Yeah. Let's- yeah. Certainly worth a trailer watch if you missed that. I think that definitely is one of the highlights for me as well. And then the third originals game that we saw is called Rocket Arena, a new kind of hero arena shooter where players master the art of rocket through unique, customizable play styles and fast-paced combat that reinvents classic Rockets Only Mayhem. <laughs> players can experience Rocket Arena on July 14, 2020. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, when the game launches with crossplay on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, uh, if you are crossplay. Uh, so the crossplay thing. As we mentioned at the top was a big uh, a big um, feature win for them at yeah. this feature win highlight bonus um, of a lot of the games they talked about in the show. Rocket Arena, of course, was a game that I saw and played at Judges Week last year when Nexon was publishing it, and I had tweeted, "I'm curious to know like what happened between." Last year and right now, where Nexon clearly dumped this project for some reason, or EA bought it from them, unclear how that all went down with Final Strike Games. But I had a blast playing this game. I'm glad to see that you know they're putting some more money into it, and it's coming out in just a few weeks. So oh, wow. interested yeah. to check it out once it goes into full release. And then, Ray, we are going to talk about Apex. Yes. So, yeah. Um, the team at Respawn the team at Respawn came on and talked about they're like yo Apex is the best Uh, and they unveiled that the Lost Treasures collection event is starting June 23rd the event features a new mode a limited time exclusive and a new town takeover Crypto's Map Room Uh, players can see the return of the game Sniper and Shotgun only mode armed and dangerous with a few twists such as Evo Armor and an all new piece of loot the mobile Respawn Beacons Oh, oh. <laughs> did you go? Did you go back and watch at least this part of Suffrey? Did I did it. The Apex news. I did it. I still need oh. to watch everything, including this, which obviously I'm going to love because Apex is amazing. But the, obviously, the the big news here is crossplay, right? So it's Xbox, mm-hmm. PC, and PS4 and all Switch. together. And it's coming to Switch eventually. Well, they didn't yeah. announce Switch as part of crossplay. I don't think. I thought they had that in the. I thought they just announced a version of Apex is coming to Switch. Did they include? You know, you might be right because it was after that. It was after that that they said, "And it's coming to Switch." I feel like if it had been announced, it would have been in that little bubble. Mm. There was definitely like a little that image. 
Is it in there? I can't Let's tell. Look. Let's look. Yeah, See, I mean, Google. Like a, <laughs> they had a nice splash screen where it was like uh, it showed all the different um, arrows. So Apex is coming to Switch this fall. That does not help us. Thanks for that. It says it'll support crossplay between PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Okay, so when they okay. show that last image, I oh, interpreted it says that. and Nintendo Switch when the game launches. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but coming they said eventually. that. Yeah, but they said crossplay isn't coming until later this year. But the game is coming to Switch, I think. Yes, yeah, so later this summer. All of that. Cool. That okay. They also, lol, the idea that somebody on Switch is going to be cross-playing with somebody yeah. on Steam for I mean, Apex they- is hilarious. <laughs> did they say yeah, it's also cross-save, like you, like your customs and... Cross-progression? They haven't said anything about have that. Have not heard about cross-progression. Okay. They only talked about cross-play this whole thing. They never said anything about cross-saves. But, Rhi, a question for you. As like, yeah. a big a- Apex player, obviously Fortnite has cross-play across these platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Also, a battle royale. Do you think that Apex is going to be successful in crossplay on these platforms, or do you have any concerns? Or are you just like hype? I have concerns. Here's the thing: I know a lot of people are just playing hype, and that's great. Hype is wonderful. If that fits you, do you? But having seen what crossplay has done on Fortnite, I am a little bit nervous about that. Like the reason being, like on PC, as you know, you have a lot more options to customize. Even if they give PC players um, a handicap, for instance, or or bump up the sensitivity for console players, or I don't know, increase hitboxes, improve their accuracy, whatever, in order to try to level the playing field between a controller and a mouse and keyboard, you can turn down your video settings. You can change the frame rate on a PC. There's so much more you can do to make the game easier to see other players on a PC that you just cannot do on console. And that's always going to be a problem. So unless they take away options from the PC builds, which I doubt they will, uh, this is this may be a problem for console players. Don't some games give you the option to exclude other consoles or PC players? They, Almost I, all games yeah. that have crossplay do. Okay, they yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. But if they're like, saying you know you're going to just be in there with stuff. everyone, sure, sure. Yeah, that would be rough chuckles. I yeah. think, for anybody on a Switch. Yeah. On a Switch, especially. <laughs> Can you imagine someone with their little Joy-Con going after <laughs> on the PC? Someone at the airport. Oh no, Joy-Con drift. Or like the really shitty Wi-Fi, yeah. just like trying to try to do something, <laughs> trying to make it happen. At least you can blame your shittiness on Joy-Con drift. You know, I feel like that's a good excuse. Yeah, I'd be like, Rrr. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Um, but otherwise, um, I guess we'll get your full thoughts once you check out the new content and you have seen everything. But clearly yeah. Apex is going strong, which is no surprise. And so that kind of leaves us. I'm just really just glossing over the main <laughs> stuff. You guys. Yeah, well, I was get, I was getting there. We, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about squadrons either yet. Uh, we didn't. I mean, did you have more that you would like to say about squadrons? I mean, it's... <laughs> It's a video game. So no. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, like they they did show a lot a decent amount of gameplay and they did kind of explain through um how certain missions and things like that will work. So if you are interested or whatever curious, they did release more information about those things so you can go find it. Oh, it they is- went into detail on what are the new modes that they're adding to the game and in the chat several people, including friend of the show, Jackie Collins, was like, Yo, this just looks like a MOBA. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not a MOBA, but yeah. it had some MOBA like elements, which we thought was interesting. I thought it was but- cool too that they said you can create 
because you're going to play in as two factions, I guess. I don't know shit about Star Wars, but it sounds like you get to create (laughs) your own character for one, and then you create your own character for the other one, and they show some character customization. The Empire and the the Rebellion. Those are the factions. The Rebellion, excuse me. Yes, that. Um, Excuse me. The the Resistance. I don't know which time we're in. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, someone, this game really isn't that appealing to me, because I don't like, again, don't like things where I have to drive or fly, because I just kind of, like, veer off and, and run into things that I'm not I mean, but you're in space, so it's a little hard to hit things. There's asteroids and meteors and debris and all sorts of things. That's why your ship has shields. If it's It's out there, I'll find it. You don't have to like it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But I did. I I do love though. There was a quick like shot of you in your cockpit. And you're mm. flying through, <laughs> and then around you are all these meteors or whatever they're called when they're in space. And I know, like, once it crosses the Earth, it becomes like an asteroid. Anyway, asteroids in space, floating around. And I, th- I always thought that's such a cool thing. It really and it's silent and it's that like, kind of calming. But then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing twirly doos and loop de loops, and then it kind of all zen was cut. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think I'll yeah, probably yeah, just get yeah, dizzy. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yes. Indeed. Uh, We heard, like, nothing, essentially, from some other best-in-class studios. So we heard from the head of the EA kind of first-party studios, including that Criterion is working on something. Cool. Do you think Uh, it's about cars? (laughs) Yes. But I I told Steimer when we were doing the live watch-along, I was like, I don't like that EA does this. Because the last time they had a press conference where they showed conceptual gameplay, Mm. a lot of that stuff never happened. Like, it was just cut completely. Like, I feel like Criterion has had, like, conceptual gameplay in several EA conferences. Like, we still haven't seen what this big, cool new thing is. Obviously, there's Need for Speed Heat, but they have a different team that's working on something bigger for next gen, which we'll undoubtedly find out more about either later this year or early next year. Then, of course, we already talked about the Bioware uh, three screens that we saw. And then... Don't forget about Motive Montreal. So Motive has been working on some things as well, and we don't know exactly what what they're working on. All yeah, top they secret. had the where was Motive the one that had the there was a weird demo they showed of was like gray like, boxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. was that theirs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was just like, wait, what? Okay, this is kind of strange to show it at this stage, especially for a wider audience, because <laughs> most people cannot conceptualize what it could look like in a final form. Um, so I thought that was a little bit odd. I mean, I was like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, I kind of appreciate that they're trying to be slightly transparent, but also maybe you don't need to do this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they ended with the big huzzah that but apparently the internet weird. commented into existence, which is horrifying to oh, think Lord. about. Again? Skate is back, but it's not Skate 4. It's just something in the Skate universe because they did not confirm Skate 4. If you're going around making tweets being like, Skate 4, you're wrong. Oh. Well, currently <laughs> you're wrong. You might not be wrong long term, but you're wrong in the moment. Do you really think that after everything that happened and they how they acknowledged in the show that it was commented into existence that they wouldn't just outright call it Skate 4 if it was actually Skate 4? I think they don't know what it is. It may not but why be wouldn't they yeah. acknowledge it's it was so early. Four? I think it's so early. Like again, I'm like, it feels like they literally signed the ink on the contract yeah. yesterday, and then we're like, put it on the show quick. They didn't have any art or anything to show, like, right? It was, mock yeah. up a logo, and they were like, we don't have time. Stick them, just have them say something about anything, and they were like, okay, we stick. Hello, yeah, <laughs> Hello. I know a you, lot, a lot us. of. 
a lot of people are very, very, very excited about this. I mean, granted, I think they're just more excited at this point about the confirmation of something. Now, was this actually caught into existence by the internet? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think, you know, EA would have signed a deal to do a thing based off of a few thousand comments on no. Twitter or Facebook. I, I don't either. But it, it sounds it good. Almost, it sounds good. But I mean, like, it doesn't sound like anything. That's no, 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 no. It so sounds good to say that the community willed it into existence, right? It builds oh. that goodwill, but... Yeah, that's a cute soundbite, but absolutely not how business works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just... I kept thinking about how Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remasters mm. showed a lot of gameplay, are already announced, and are going to be coming out way before you see anything from Skate, whatever's happening in the Skate universe, and... Obviously, I have no passion or fandom for skateboarding games. It's just not my thing. And I'm very excited for people who do. I just like it's a head scratcher why you would feel the need to get out in front of people poking fun with another hashtag skate for, you know, (laughs) social media moment by like having another non announcement. I just was like, what? But why? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it sets up mismanaged expectations, which is really just video game marketing's eternal problem. Yeah. yeah. Always hype. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, anywho, um, Jeff Keeley was doing a poll where he asked people to grade the press conference. Now, Ooh. I wasn't going to grade it, but in order for me to see the results, I have to pick a grade. So, I'm just going to go ahead and pick a grade. And the results of the poll are... of the over 18,000 people who voted believe that it's a D or below. The next biggest category, 27% of the over 18,000 votes is C or below. Just a mere 7% voted in an A. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't their their best show. And I mean, usually EA press conferences... I mean, the ones that I've been to in person, they have their really charming moments. I think about the unveiling of Unravel, for example, right? Where you have this adorable developer on stage and he's talking about this little indie game and you feel that emotion. And But, you know, generally in the past, it's been kind of like hit or miss. And I think this was just more of a miss. We did get a few good tidbits of information, but I think this whole thing could have been probably streamlined in a few quick like gameplay announcements or something. They didn't need to to, I guess, advertise it as being EA Play 2020. This did not feel like an EA Play 2020, you know? Yeah, this also could have been probably, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. With the actual, with the actual information that they released. Yeah. Um, it could have been more of a focus on Squadron, a focus on Apex, and then, like, the smaller announcements of the originals, and then Skate. Like, because, yeah, it's nice that they talked about The Sims, but I felt like, like, save that video for The Sims until you have whatever is going to happen later this summer. Cause I don't know. They seem to imply that they would be talking more later this summer. Yeah. So just save it, just save all of it. You don't need to talk to us right now. If you're not ready to talk to us right now, that's totally fine. Uh, yeah. But to me, it felt more like this was a conference where they were like, we need to book this for at least an hour. What can we do? How do we fill our time? Why don't we get this guy and who then- shouts on the internet? His name is Greg Miller. <laughs> we'll put him in a mountain man shirt and we'll give him weird canned copy to read. Like really cool. And I mean, that's how they filled their time. And like, <laughs> you can do that you, Greg. and it's fine. But I feel like for me, I mean, for literally anything, that's not how you should do it. I mean, it, what you should do is you should look at what you have and yeah. you should be like, what do I have to talk about today? Yeah. Great. I have X, Y, and Z to talk about. Cool. How much, do I, how much time do I have to talk? Do I, do I need to talk about each of these things? 
10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, 20 minutes. Great. Okay. That's how long my conference is like versus being like, okay, I need to build up all this time or like, how do I fill this space that I'm artificially like creating? Like why? Yeah. It's, it's a weird move in general because obviously this year is very weird, right? Like there's all kinds of assets and stuff people were planning to put in E3 and they couldn't and everyone's sort of scrambling to figure out how they can still throw their things out there. But it's just interesting to me that when you have Nintendo, for instance, making their directs like exactly how long they need them to be, why there's like, as you said, Steimer, an arbitrary time frame where people feel like they need to pad it and fill it in. It's like, if you only have 30 minutes of content, give us 30 minutes and peace out. Mm, yeah. Yep. So I thought it could be fun to revisit our Magic 8-Ball predictions. You mean this guy? Throw it <laughs> No, that bitch needs to get buried in the back. It's- I would smash it on the ground if it didn't have weird colored liquid that would stay in the studio for Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. We don't know how to clean that. I don't actually know what's in here, but it's something that will stain something. It will. Okay, so the number yeah. one question we asked was, is the HD remake the Mass Effect franchise? <laughs> what was the HD remake? I don't know. I don't think they, they didn't sh- announce they didn't show it. it. Oh, so yeah. here's the thing. This part could technically be true still because mm-hmm. we didn't say it was going to be announced there. We just said, is the HD remake this? And we don't know what the HD remake is yet. That's very true. So, okay. So, yeah, so, it said without a doubt. And I put in big, bold letters. Okay, fuck Magic you, Magic 8-Ball. This time, okay. I'm with Although you. We should, be, we should be like TBD. Fuck TBD. You, okay. Are we going to see anything from <laughs> Dragon Age? Very doubtful. But we did get a little bit. But we, we did. Three so, seconds. Mm-hmm, we did. So fuck you, Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, Mm -hmm. fuck you, Magic 8-Ball. Will we get a confirmation of Star Wars Maverick? Without a doubt. Okay, well, the confirmation did come Monday. Actually, came before that, but anyway. Will there be a Jedi Fallen Order expansion? It will be certain. Fuck you, Magic 8-Ball. Is Dead Space dead for real? Yes. (laughs) Still, fuck you, Magic Eight Ball. Will an EA partner's game <laughs> feature an animal? Truth there. <laughs> Will an EA's partner's game feature an animal protagonist? Without <laughs> a doubt. I mean, I don't think the dice counts as a magic as a as an animal. So there's no? that. Will there be a Peggle? Outlook good. Fuck you, Magic Eight Ball. Will we see new Sims, aka Sims Five? Yes. Fuck you, Magic Eight Ball. <laughs> and then we this have like Will my wildest moon, hopes and dreams. Magic Eight Ball. Finally, become a reality. Will anyone, anyone announce a Jade Empire remaster? As I see it, yes. Fuck you, Magic Eight Ball. Yeah, well, you know, I can still <laughs> keep this dreaming. Is my favorite I guess. Book. Yeah. Boy, yeah, you know, the, oh boy, it oh can't boy. be right all the time. Yeah, so <laughs> or even half, even half <laughs> there you like go. statistically. The Magic Eight Ball. The yeah. Magic Eight Ball struck out. We do have so we have two TBDs here. We've got the Mass Effect and the Jedi Fallen Order expansion. And technically, the Dead Space question are all TBDs. Okay. Right. I mean, we have to put a time limit on it, which we didn't when we asked the question. Yeah, what's so. the, yeah. the Magic 8-Ball can only work within the parameters that we give You're it. Correct. This is the problem. It's, so it's but, the problem you know, us? The problem is us. The yes. problem okay. is usually you when you're looking at a situation. It's unfortunate. You mean the human versus magic eight ball? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's move on from EA Play Live and talk about some other sad news. Yeah. Fucking yes. shit. Oh, boy. It just keeps coming with the hits. So CD Projekt Red announced that, yes, 
Once again, the Cyberpunk 2077 is getting delayed, this time to November 19th. They put out a statement which reads, those of you who are familiar with the way we make games know that we won't ship something which is not ready. Ready when it's done is not just a phrase we say because it sounds right. It's something we live by, even though we know we'll take the heat for it. At the same time, we are fully aware that making such a decision costs us your trust, and trading trust for additional time is one of the hardest decisions a game developer can make. And despite we think it's the right decision for the game, we We'd still like to apologize for making you wait longer. Our intention is to make Cyberpunk 2077 something that will stay with you for years to come. And in the end, we hope that you understand why we did what we did. At the time we are writing these words, Cyberpunk 2077 is finished, both content and gameplay-wise. The quests, the cutscenes, the skills and items, all the adventures Night City has to offer. It's all there. But with such an abundance of content and complex systems interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics, and fix a lot of bugs. A huge world means a huge number of things to iron out, and we will spend the additional time doing exactly that. This week, journalists from all over the world are starting to independently play the game, and we are eager and quite stressed to hear their opinions, as well as see your reactions when they publish their previews right after we air Night City Wire on the 25th of June. We hope this will satisfy satisfies some of your hunger for the game as we work to polish it for the November launch. Hmm. So yeah. something I wanted to clarify, so some, someone on Twitter was like, it's weird that they would give journalists like a big, a buggy build of a thing. And I was like, well, there's all no, but then also like they didn't say they were giving them the completed build. They just say they're playing the game. So like, we don't actually know what they're playing um, yet. This Obviously, would have been a preview see the previews. Yeah, yes. if, if this would have been E3, probably. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this would have, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so I just want to clarify that because I know that if you're just reading it through it quickly, you might just extrapolate that because the build is done to them that they just gave it to journalists, but I don't think that's oh, what's happening. No, no, no. I think we know definitively that they would not give the full build to journalists because the the the... the the possibility of somebody leaking that oh, yeah. build is, would, be would be too big. Very big. I would. We were are guessing, and I, I have reached out to our contacts at CD Projekt Red and have requested that we be included in the preview because we did not know the press was being included in a preview build, and we were like, "Hey, oh, please, we would like to also play <laughs> and tell everybody who listens to us good games about it." Um, but I would guess it's the demo or the vertical slice that we saw at E3 last year that is just playable, like a small section of the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be my so. guess as well. So this timing's yeah. interesting. November 19th. That's right around the time when we should be getting those new baby consoles. I don't know why I called them baby. They're <laughs> big, 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 big boys. boys. Big baby consoles. <laughs> they're, they're, they're big. They're routers. And what's, what are people saying? The PS5 looks like, oh, that's the router. The router it's and the, the router. refrigerator. Oh, yeah. And the mini the fridge. Envelopes. <laughs> like really mini fridge. <laughs> yeah. So it's been fun. Um kind of thinking about this november 19th so how do you obviously this game's going to come to both platforms like duh yeah it's going to cross gen yeah right so november 19th is that going to be the release date of a console or is this going to come out before the consoles come out do you see what i mean because the speculation the speculation well so november 19th is a thursday and that's an interesting release date pick regardless. You don't really get a lot of games that choose to release on a Thursday. It's usually Tuesday or Fridays now. And I would imagine that if that's not the Xbox Series X launch date, that it's within a couple of weeks. I imagine we're going to get release dates from either last week of October through the second or third week of November because they need to make sure their retail partners have 
all of their ducks in a row prior to Black Friday, even with the pandemic and everything that's happening, I don't imagine a world in which there's not still a physical retail presence at Black Friday. Um, Because hopefully by then... We have a lot of systems for safety in place where you can monitor social distancing, everyone wearing masks, sanitizing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You would have hoped that would have happened by now, but here we are. Um, we still have four more months until November. <laughs> Five more months? And so I, I would guess if that's not the actual date, the date will become, will become in advance. I would be very shocked if the systems came out that final week of November. That's because that would be Thanksgiving. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that would be Black Friday. The 27th. So, because the 26th of November is Thanksgiving. It's really late this year. Yeah, it's the fourth Thursday Hmm. of every month. So, what happened last year is because of the way that the days lined up, because you can see the first of November is on a Sunday and it was on a Friday last year. And so it kind of shuffled Hmm. everything, shuffled around. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, I know Re cannot comment on consoles and release dates. It's not like she knows. She doesn't have information or anything. I really wish I could. Um, but yeah, that's what I think, Brittany. I don't know how you feel about my thoughts. I love your thoughts and I appreciate and respect your thoughts as I do everyone who's on What's Good Games. Oh, that's kind. Only the people who are on What's Good Games. Only the people on What's Good Games. Everyone else, get fucked. No, it's... it's, Speaking of get fucked, woo! Yeah, we can just go on to Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Ah, Okay, so... We got some Pokemon (laughs) announcements. 6 a.m. My ass was up. You got got up. My ass was up at 5.30. Which mm. is very, very early for me. I know Steimer's always up at the butt crack of dawn, but I'm not. That's... No, you know, not as... These days I get up at a, at a crisp seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's still very impressive to me. A crisp seven o'clock. A crisp seven. So, yeah. obviously, the number one announcement is we're finally, finally, finally getting a new Pokemon Snap. Holy shit. I grunted so loud and made the ugliest noise. I didn't have my contacts in. I was blind as shit. I ran in. I woke Jason up and I told him about it. And he was not. I mean, he was impressed, but he just gave me a groggy like, oh, that's really cool, babe. And then he like went back to sleep. It's funny as like, I can actually, I can picture that. Oh, yeah. That's actually a pretty good impression. Well, because just the night before he asked, you know, like, what do you think we'll get? And I said, well, they're probably going to talk about the Isle of Armor expansion. And if we're really lucky, and granted, I say this about every time we have a Pokemon Direct, we'll get a new Pokemon Snap. Well, lo and behold, it finally happened. Oh, my gosh. If you say something enough times, it will come and happen. <laughs> Just think that's breathe it, it into the universe. <sighs> Localized Earthbound 3. Mother 3. Okay, so new Pokemon Snap announced. All of this Pokemon stuff comes from IGN.com. So new Pokemon Snap, a new version of the classic N64 Pokemon photography game, has been announced for Nintendo Switch. The game is currently in development for Nintendo Switch and is listed as coming soon. According to the end slate of today's Pokemon Presents broadcast, the game is being developed by Bandai Namco, per a Pokemon Company description. The new Pokemon Snap game for Nintendo Switch system is based on its namesake, which was first released for Nintendo 64 in 1999. Oh my this god. Game, dude, this game will take traders on an adventure to unknown islands overflowing with natural sites such as jungles and beaches, where they can research various Pokemon in their natural habitats. They will take photos to make their very own in-game fo- Pokemon photo decks, all while discovering new, never-before-seen Pokemon expressions and behaviors. This game will include deserts, jungles, and more. The trailer confirms that Pokemon from multiple generations will appear in the game. Bah. So, yeah. Oh my god. Did anyone who here play Pokemon Snap? 
I didn't play it, but I always was like, that seems like something I would have really enjoyed. Yeah. But in 1999, I did not enjoy it because I didn't. I, I didn't own a lot of those things. Um, well, I have a photo of the day yeah. I got Pokemon Snap. It was Christmas morning, <laughs> oh. and I'm hanging out behind all the like Backstreet Boys. I got DK64 that day and Pokemon Snap, and it's really fun. I'll have to I'll have to share that. Um, can we can we get that photo? Of yes. course. Can we? Yeah, uh, can absolutely. We yes. Uh, so yeah, what's really great about Pokemon Snap, Steimer, like why I really loved it is unlike Pokemon, you know, red and blue and yellow and all the other ones, this was a new opportunity to experience Pokemon in their natural habitat. We, you know, we didn't have to worry about catching them and training them and battling them and whatnot. It was just more, okay, you're on rails because you're in this, oh god, what's it called? It's some weird cart thing. And you don't get to go left or right. You just have to kind of follow it. And as you're going through, it's kind of like a safari. You know, you have all these Pokemon doing things all around you, and eventually you get different items. So in the N64 version, you got food, you got a Poke Flute, and you got a Pester Ball, which is a ball filled with noxious gases mm. that you could throw. So you become coughing. Yes, exactly. You would throw little coughing balls at them, Steimer. So you there'd be like maybe a big old tuft of grass, and you throw a pester ball in there. Maybe there'd be a Pikachu in there. Maybe if you lure a... Oh, this is actually pretty awful now that I'm thinking about it. If you lure a Charmeleon into a lava pit, it evolves into what? a Charizard. Huh. I mean, yeah, they're fire. It's oh. fine. It's a fire attack. Yeah, yeah, but it still just sounds okay. terrible, right, when you say it that you way. But what you do is you'd cruelty. use the Pokemon... F- Use the poke. <laughs> I missed it. You'd use the Pokemon food to lure them to these little like lava pools, and then you would like knock them in there. And then, oh, 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 I'm a Charizard. I don't know why I gave Charizard Ka-ka! a cacophonous. Ka-ka. Doesn't he just say Char? Yeah, he roars. <laughs> Apparently now he's part bird. I don't know what's happening. Uh, but I mean, what's cool too is each fly. each level had different secrets. You know, new Pokemon to discover, things that you could only find if you had certain. Um, items and you had to know how to use them and it was just a really fun chill game and i'm excited that it's finally coming i mean granted we've wanted to come to Wii, we wanted it to come to the wii u but i feel like the switch for many reasons is the perfect platform for a new pokemon snap so very very excited this is very cool he's a dragon right i mean he looks like a dragon i don't think he's attacked like a a fire type he's just fire type click on it click on the bubblepedia i mean like i know he's not like the like pokedex like well, you know, I was, capital D dragon in Pokemon, but he's a, like, he's a fucking dragon. Yeah, he's got wings little, little and a fire dragon. tail. Yes, but little there is actually a, a, a dragon type. How the heck is Charizard not a dragon type? <laughs> he is fire flying, fire dragon, fire flying. Duh. So the Mega wait, Mega Charizard X is also is part dragon, but not regular yeah, Charizard. Regular Charizard's just flying and you know, fire. I've given up trying to keep all this shit it's straight. Fine. It's fine. You know, they did. I feel like they added that one later. I don't remember. Or maybe Dragon. I don't remember. No, they. Did. Yeah, they. I think they added it to um, Sword and Shield. I can't. Like I said, I can't keep this shit straight. It's, it's look how much more dragon he he is. So much more dragon X. Isn't there like I mean, a he steel? Lo- he looks like a. He looks like a. a I mean, dragon. he's basically a dragon there. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, the Mega um, Evolution is Steel type. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so besides Pokemon Snap, mm-hmm. we got Pokemon Cafe Mix free to start. Ho ho. So Pokemon Cafe Mix, you're put in the role of an owner of a cafe for Pokemon. Puzzles are based around preparing drinks and dishes for your Pokemon customers, with a mechanic based on swirling Pokemon icons around and attempting to link matching ones together. There are a variety of different puzzles, but all appear to be rooted in the same icon swirling mechanic. 
As well as being regular customers that you can befriend, Pokemon can also join your staff where they will be able to aid you with puzzle solving by using special abilities. And as time goes by, you'll also be able to extend your cafe with new areas. Pokemon Cafe Mix will be available soon for Nintendo Switch and smart devices and is free to start with in-app purchases. What does free to start? so cute. It really is. And like, I would love this as a screen like the cafe i want is just a screen say or like a background desktop background thing because it'd be so adorable to just see that all the time you're like oh look at the baby charmander oh evie oh, <laughs> oh my god they're so cute the trailer is like it's max so cuteness yes. it's so cute and then Pretty i saw the gameplay and then i was like man no Minchino. the puzzles look, just aren't mind. me i don't i don't mind that i'm like yeah. oh, that's fine i'll play that but i do kind of wish it was more of just like you sit around and try and learn different types of Pokemon. Yeah, to your cafe. I thought it was like going to be like a sim, weird Viva Pinata hybrid. <laughs> oh my God, the Charmander was he wearing like a like a beret? Yes, he's fancy <laughs> in French. Little cafe beret for Charmander. Oh my God, I can't wait to play this game. It's going to be so silly. <laughs> so is this like a ma- so this is a match, like a match three. game? Yeah, but like okay. it shuffles around in a strange way. Hmm. What are these Pokemon announcements? Mean? Getting you hot and bo- free to download. So- Free to, free, to, free to start, yeah, usually. Th- it's just their really marketing way to not call it free to play. Hmm. Essentially, what it means is that you can start playing the game for free, and then you're going to like hit timers or level blocks, or there'll be a point in which you're hmm. going to have to sit, play the same content over and over again until you put money in the game. Hmm. Generally, when you put when marketing uses free to start, that's what it means. Do I know exactly what it means specifically for Pokemon Cafe Mix? I do not. Yeah. Okay. But we'll find out. Are and you then talk about the most important thing, Brittany. Oh, absolutely! Pokemon Smile, bitches, a toothbrushing Pokemon <laughs> yeah. app. Okay, wow, Pokemon God. Smile is a new mobile app that uses AR to make toothbrushing more fun for children. It's free and out now on Apple and Android. Pokemon Smile features over 100 cartoony Pokemon that have been trapped by cavity-causing bacteria. <laughs> It can only be rescued with skillful brushing. What is 2020? Using a phone's front-facing camera, kids, and let's face it, a lot of adults will have to clean all their teeth thoroughly to rescue them all. The app sets reminders for toothbrushing and can have timers set for how long brushing should take. Regularly brushing will unlock virtual Pokemon hats that will appear on the user's head while playing the game, and you can take pictures of the hats and decorate them after the fact. Uh, I was going to say this for my hands-on impressions, but I have done Pokemon Smile. I have tried it. Oh. Um, it's an experience. Wait, wait, did you make a video? <laughs> yeah, I have the video. I think it saves automatically. And yeah. then it's funny because at the end of it, it takes it randomly takes four photos of you while you're doing it. And all four of my photos, oh, I just look disappointed in life. <laughs> what am I even doing? So You're not smiling? I, no, I'm not. Oh. I maybe it was that I feel it was like we gotta do this I feel like <laughs> this is such a cute idea though and I actually really love that they're doing it because oral hygiene is so important yeah. and like kids are bad really bad at it mm-hmm. turns out 50% of adults also don't brush their so teeth really bad more at it, than once they a did day not have, they did not grow up with Pokemon Smile That's telling them what to do I feel like I still always was joking and I, I kind of wish they would do this as well it'd be slightly counterintuitive but Pokemon Sleep with Snorlax as the thing. <laughs> Wait, or did they do this? I can't remember if I fucking fever dreamed this or not. Pokemon? Snorlax? No, 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 it's a thing. It was announced when we were all in London. Yes, we haven't heard that's why I thought it was it. a fever dream because I was so jet lagged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it. it is a thing. Okay, yes, that's was what happened. This is okay. the Snorlax snooze event. Wait, no, wasn't no Pokemon Sleep isn't a thing. Pokemon, Pokemon it's a Pokemon sleep. sleeping app. It gives you incentive to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I think that was like their. Uh, word I love theory that they're thing. doing this now. They're like, okay, we, we've got your sleep covered. We've got, we're now brushing your teeth. 
Like I'm waiting to see which next aspect of my life they are going to improve. Well, they got the Pooping ring Pokemon. Fit. Oh, they could. Wait, what did you say, Re? I was going to say they got the ring fit, but that's not Pokemon. Could be. No, it's not Pokemon, but you could definitely integrate some Pokemon stuff with yeah. the Nintendo workouts. But chase after the Pokemon and throw yeah. a Pokeball. Pokemon Smile, it's cute. You know, you you choose which Pokemon you want to sit on your head while you brush your teeth. <laughs> and I think it's I have a, I have a Sonicare, and that doesn't work because you have to move the toothbrush back and forth because that's how the camera picks up on it. Oh. And so it'll be like move your or brush faster. Or your, we can't sense your toothbrush, so you I had to turn off the power and like do it manually. Uh, yeah, and then there's like a diagram of a mouth on there, and you know you see all little teeth, and it shows you which sections to brush at what time, and then little bacteria dudes pop up, and then if you're brushing, the Pokemon will sh- shoot things at it and get rid of it i don't know the timer was set for 120 seconds but you can tweak that however you want uh, but after you're done yeah it's it's cute you know and then oh yeah then at the end you get a chance to catch one of the pokemon or one of the germs and i threw a pokeball what? but i didn't catch it it no. said try again next time oh. so i guess i have to wow. brush my teeth more that means you have to brush your teeth again oh, God, incentive <laughs> let's go okay and then after every meal just like keeps doing it Finally, <laughs> we have another Pokemon Presents next week, which is the Wednesday. So next Wednesday, the 24th. And certain Pokemon in the background of today's Pokemon Presents. Maybe. Okay, so at the end of this Pokemon Presents, we had the uh, president, the CEO of Pokemon Company. I'm going to get his name wrong. Sunikazu Ishihara. And if you look on the back shelf, there's all these Pokemon that appear in the gold and silver Pokedex. And then if you look on the bottom right of the shelf, there's a Pokemon Let's Go Eevee bundle. So the thought is that this is going to be an unveiling of, like, a Let's Goify of Pokemon Gold and Silver, a.k.a., mm. you know, um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Because it's apparently, like, a new big project. So it sounds like it's not going to be, like, a sleeping app or something. It sounds like it's going <laughs> to be something new. And it's not going to be, obviously, a new hardcore Pokemon game because we still have the Crown Tundra DLC coming out at the end of November. So, Yeah. Yay, Pokemon stuff. Lots of Pokemon like stuff. Easy win. Just adding more Pokemon into Let's Go and yeah. doing another thing for holiday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could well, be like you, a... Yeah. I don't think I know... Sorry, Britt. I, I don't think I know how you feel about Pokemon, Rihanna. Me? Yeah. I mean, the, my first true playthrough of a Pokemon game was Sword and Shield. So I'm very, very new to the the world of Pokemon. I don't know what gen things are from and I don't know what types beat what. I always have to go look that shit up. But Girl, I've been really... playing Pokemon games since the beginning of time and I can't tell you that shit either. <laughs> don't feel bad. It's too complicated. It's, it's so complicated. I mean, some of them are pretty simple. Well, right. But, but then when you start to really get into the nitty gritty of them. You're oh, like, especially when you have like the dual types. I can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. But um, I like Pokemon. I like Sword and Shield. I like the world of it. I like match three games, so I'll probably play that mixed game. I, I don't love the free-to-start mechanics, but I guess, like, whatever. Yeah, if I, I kind of wish it was just like, here's a $20 game. I'd be like, great. Yeah. yeah, I think Nintendo has been really whiffing it on their mobile strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we look at Dr. Mario. Oh, like, yeah. That was yeah. a wah-wah moment. Sub-optimal. Yeah. yeah, it's like, don't even make it free-to-start. Just get, charge me four ninety nine and be done with it. Yeah, yeah I'll gladly. just pay you. You're Nintendo. It's fine. And then sell me cosmetics later if you want to. That's fine. I don't mind. You know, like, I don't even mind buying gem Fancy packs. Fancy outfits for Dr. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, let's only all, uh, charge us twenty bucks, whatever you want. I don't know how much this game would actually retail for. But I whatever. mean, like Give most it, mobile games are two ninety nine to nine ninety nine as a high end. But for this a is a game. Switch game, so it might yeah. be a little higher, ten to fifteen. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you can just be like, here are some outfits for these cute little bastards, and you can just customize it that way. Here, they're a dollar each, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, great. I'm making hand over fist money, just drowning in it. Drowning. Yeah, Delicious that, money. And money. Yeah. There's ways they could make that a little more accessible. Um, but I, I probably will play it and report back, I guess. I'll probably play Pokemon Snap just because yeah, everybody girl. who likes it seems so excited about it. Like you, Britt, and I know obviously Joey Noel, friend of the show. Oh, Joey. Very excited. Joey freaked out. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm excited just because I really like photography. So I am actually curious to, to jump in and... and get some really cute pictures that the cute little pokemons yeah no yeah. i'll, I'll probably get more into it so i'm new to pokemon but i'm a fan so far yeah well you're not alone i also am very new to pokemon but hey i never thought there was a universe that existed <laughs> where i would be down an animal crossing rabbit hole but here we are it happens 2020 <laughs> is a strange strange year mm. i'll be reciting all of the mega evolutions of the pokemon by the end of the year <laughs> be like okay. i know exactly which type beats the other oh, type even that's sexy like, yeah, i'd be like wow don't even need to consult my pokedex anymore i'm not gonna be calling brit for my pokemon news anymore nope. i will be the master of the pokemon i'll be calling now. you shit no no um but i do still have this really adorable pokeball popcorn maker that you were supposed to take home literally months ago yeah back when (laughs) i thought i'd be back (laughs) go back um all right so this new segment has gone on very long so let's wrap it up with kind of powering through these last couple of stories yeah um so over on The Verge, they are reporting a 2020 launch for Horizon Forbidden West for PS5. I don't think that this is much of a story. I feel like, cool. Yeah, that seems logical. Wait, awesome. you said 2021 because you yeah, said 2020. 2021. 2021. Did I not say 2021? No, you said 2020. Oh, well, early 2021 is gone. So Yeah, the only other little tidbit of interesting news <laughs> no, is that is the world gone. of Forbidden West will be yeah, more detailed. Yes. I'm tired. I know. I'm just saying to clarify the people listening. So people they, they know. People are smart. Okay. Are they, though? Anywho, Randy, go ahead. Oh, just real quick. Yeah, so they talked to Mathis I'm sorry, I probably totally said that wrong. <laughs> so the world of Forbidden West will be more detailed, larger map. There will be virtually no loading screens with travel booting up the game. Restarting levels take place incredibly quickly. And this covers a mysterious new frontier that spans the western half of the post-apocalyptic U.S. It'll feature dozens of new machines to scan, study, fight with new tribes of humans to encounter. Woohoo! Get cool. hyped. Yeah. This is all, yeah, that feels like a lot of just rehashing of what they talked about last week. And then, um, so I don't know if, do we want to talk about plot details revealed for I didn't know. I threw it in there in case you cared, but I'm good. I feel like we skip this and we let people know. If you want it, they exist. If you want to go to IGN, they have a story about Spider-Man Miles Morales plot details. I feel like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you want to go and know about what's happening in the plot, you can go check that out. Um, and then the kind of whopper sad news that we all knew was coming. Yeah. Uh, PAX West has officially been canceled and is going virtual and digital. PAX Online has been announced and they're bringing a whopping nine days of panels and events. I mean, listen, I'm, it's already struggle bus for me <laughs> that E3, quote, quote, E3 is like two months long now. All right. It was hard enough when it was three freaking days and now pax is nine days long why why are we doing this 
That's a I lot. No. Nine days and 24 hours a day, too. So, yeah, PAX has announced that the event will run from September 12th through 20th. It'll be completely free. And the organizer, organizers are promising, quote, a steady 24-7 stream of content, events, discussions, and gameplay. There will, in fact, be three separate streams of content running constantly throughout Jesus. the event. Wow. Like, how? That's, That's just so so much... <laughs> That's a lot of stuff to coordinate. I feel bad for those teams. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like it's it's overkill. It's too much, especially on the heels of Gamescom Digital, like just a couple of weeks after Gamescom Digital. It's like, it's just going to be rehashing most of the same things. And because it's all virtual now, it's not like there's any gated access anymore, you know? Like, and I know that there's no tickets for Gamescom, as far as I'm aware. PAX announced there's no tickets, so essentially anybody can boot up the stream and yeah. check out the demos and the panels. We, of course, at What's Good Games are going to be submitting for a What's Good Games PAX virtual or PAX online panel. We'll let you know if they accept it. <laughs> Which of the nine uh, days will we get? Who knows? I just don't understand who was thinking, okay, PAX is usually a four-day like event. Let's turn it like, into nine days and make it run 24-7. Like what? I don't know. I th- the only the only logical thing I can think of is that they were looking at all of the publishers, including the mega booth, right? All of the indie devs, everybody who has booth space at PAX West, which is a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. How do we try? How do we try to give them time? in on the stream and how do we try to give all of the various panels across what like six or seven different panel rooms yeah across three or four yeah, that days right that's a lot of panels so like how do we fit this all in i go you don't you cut people yeah <laughs> edit <laughs> edit it down and aren't they also including you say, Sorry, not everybody gets it. <laughs> like like since that was canceled too so mm-hmm. maybe all of that content and those games are getting popped over to this is yeah. It sounds like a lot, but it is cool that they're still doing panels and, and demos and that like there's merch still going to be available. Obviously, you'll still have to pay shipping, but... I, yeah, I feel like the merch is like the the That's biggest big thumbs thing. up oh, about heck this. Yeah, because the merch was always so hard to get. You had to wait in line, and then by the time you got there, almost the all the sizes out. were gone. And yeah. they said that they're going to be selling merch for an extended period of time, which to me hopes that they have more sizes available, and it allows people who haven't been able to go to packs to get some packs merch like yeah. this. This is a piece of packs. It's really merch. cute, yeah. and I wanted more colors of it, and so yeah. I hope that they do yeah. that shirt again. I would really lots like of video games. Yeah. Lots of games. But we knew that that was happening. Um, I think we all like were resigned to the fact that, you know, with the way that the pandemic has been going, that a a show with 75,000 people in a convention center just was not (laughs) Not in the cards. Especially in Washington. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of what else is not in the cards. Dun, dun, dun. TwitchCon San Diego also canceled. Go for it, Steimer. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's the story. That's the story. Not going to happen. (laughs) Just like TwitchCon Amsterdam didn't happen. TwitchCon San Diego, they obviously cannot hold the event. So. Yeah, that's it. All right, everybody, 2020 is canceled. Pack it up. Canceled. Let's, Let's go. go back home. Oh, wait, we're already here yeah, all day. Stay where you're at. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, I feel like we need an uplifting. F- I should have said Pokemon for last. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I was going to say, let's talk about a game that's super uplifting The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, that's going to do it for the news segment when we come back. Of course, we will be talking a little bit more about T Lou, but I have played a little bit of Disintegration, which I would like to chat about first. And Britt has also played a little bit of this Pokemon DLC, Island of Armor. So stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. What's 
good, everybody. Welcome back. It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. This is where we talk about what we've been playing. And this week, you've guessed it, we've been playing more of The Last of Us Part 2. And, of course, a couple other things. But before we get to that, I want to let you know it's brought to you by Bespoke Post. If your mailbox is anything like ours, 90% of the time, it's a fairly depressing place. Political flyers, utility bills, unholy amounts of coupons, which are still printed on paper. Save the planet, people. But once a month, you can have a reason to be stoked. And that's because Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post is coming to a mailbox near you. I love my chic office leather desk pad. Now that I'm working from home, I get to use it constantly. Britt loves her whiskey glasses, and Steimer is using those cute Moscow Mule copper mugs, especially now that it's summertime. They get all frosty on the outside. It makes it feel fancy. Bespoke Post sends folks only the best stuff every month, and no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. Their new mixed box looks perfect for us here at WGG because you guys know we love to have some cocktails. They've got a giant ice cube tray and some pre-mixed cocktail syrups for margaritas, Moscow meals, and even old fashions. Yummy! To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and it's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel any time, and each box only costs 45 bucks but has over $70 worth of gear inside. If you want 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up, you can go to boxofawesome.com, enter our special promo code What's Good at checkout. That's Box of Awesome, just like it sounds, boxofawesome.com. Use that code What's Good for 20% off your first box. All right, so we decided we would like to start with hands on impressions for a couple of other things, and then we'll go into more extended thoughts on TLU. Just as a reminder, this is still spoiler-free. We will be doing a spoiler cast at some point in the future, but we haven't finalized when that's going to be. So stay tuned for that. We will give you a warning before we transition into Tilu territory. So if you're in the middle of your playthrough, if you just got your copy and you're like, I want to know nothing, you can kind of like nope out. Um, but nope first, out. Brittany, <laughs> nope out. You have been playing Island of Armor. Y'all want to hear me talk about more Pokemon? I mean, yeah. I couldn't want anything more. How much more. armor is on this island? <laughs> so, actually, I haven't seen any armor on this island. Oh, Wait, what? what? I think it's based off of the Isle of Man. Or Mon. Oh. I, I don't know if that's... I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. Because I just started. Okay, so yeah. I, have, I just started the DLC. I'm a few hours into it. So, in January, Pokemon announced two DLC packs. The Isle of Armor, which just came out this week. And the Crown Tundra, which is coming out in the end of November, I believe. For $29.99. And there's one for Pokemon Sword, one for Pokemon Shield. Obviously, depending if you have Sword or Shield, some of the Pokemon you encounter and some of the little things that happen with the game will be a little bit different. Make sure if you're buying this DLC that you buy the right DLC because Nintendo has a no refund policy and people have been buying the wrong DLC. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So just like, just be careful about it. So the description for Isle of Armor is as follows. You'll find wave-swept beaches, forests, bogs, caves, and sand dunes. There are plenty of Pokemon that make this island their home, living freely amid the lush nature. The island is also home to a dojo for Pokemon battles. You and your Pokemon will study under Mustard, the master of this dojo. Not a condiment. And train hard to become even stronger. (laughs) 
So I just, I was going to, I've been dabbling in The Last of Us, but I thought, you know, the Pokemon sound like a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more uplifting, and I haven't played this game in a hot minute. So uh, you download the DLC, you get a little pass, a little train pass to go to the Isle of Armor, and then once you're there, you can just fast travel there and back all you want. And I've been taking my time just kind of pedaling around this new area. A lot of it are little islands that are... A lot of what I have explored are about dozens of islands that are kind of just scattered throughout the water. And if you've played Pokemon, you know that you get this little water bike that lets you kind of just, like, be like Jesus and walk on water and go like between, hover. like, islands, I guess, is the best way to hoverboard over it. Be like Jesus. <laughs> be like Jesus and walk on water. Um, so it's, fu- it's fun to look around and just kind of take in the sights. And I forgot how fun this game is because I, I did finish it, but then I just stopped playing it because I, I was going to try to finish my Pokedex and... That just seemed like a, a chore and a half, and I just didn't want to deal with it. But as you're, you know, walking on water, if, as you're jesus seen around, you'll see cool, like, tentacles and tentacruels. You'll see some, like, shark Pokemon around. You'll see a big whale lord in the water and all these islands off in the distance. And you go there, and there's specific Pokemon on each little island. And there's some fun new mini games that are part of this DLC. There's 150 Diglett that you have to find. Oh. Diglett dig, diglet dig, diglet dig. <laughs> Yeah, girl. And they're a Lolan Diglett. And this is just completely a side thing. And so what's cool about it is when you find X amount of Diglett, you turn them in and you get an Alolan Pokemon in exchange. So the first five that I found, I talked to the guy. Because apparently this motherfucker went to the Alola region, brought 150 Diglett back with him, which I think sounds shady as fuck. But somehow Mm -hmm. then lost all 150 Diglett. And now they're all scattered throughout all the islands. And I don't know how that's even possible. But I digress. They all fell off the truck. You know, so now you have, like, as you're wandering around, you just got to look for the three little diglet hairs that are sticking out, and you push A, and then, oh, you found a diglet, and then you collect them. So I got in the low lawn meowth after my first five. I don't even Wait, know. Is this like, is this like finding Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild? I mean, kind of, <laughs> but it's not as, I don't know if complicated is a word, but you're just looking for the little three hairs sticking out of the ground. Yeah, like, it's like digging it. fossils up in Animal Crossing. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Thank okay. you. Speaking the language, like Andrea knows. <laughs> there you go. That's that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, there's 200 new Pokemon between the two expansions that you can't get um, in the base Sword and Shield. I was just looking at my Pokedex right now, and it looks like there's about 202, I think, is what it says. And when I started the game out, I had 78 already from my romps around in um, the base game. So I'm not entirely sure how many new Pokemon are in the Isle of Armor, but there is a lot from Gen 1, which is really fun. It's fun to see the Staryus and Starmies and the Tentacools, and there's... um, Oh, and Abra was floating around, and that was pretty neat. And that's, that's you know, I'm old, and I like my Gen 1 Pokemon, so that's the thing I'm most excited yeah. about. Um, other new stuff, there's the new legendary Cub Fu, which is tied more to the story and the narrative of the Isle of Armor, which I haven't dabbled around in. I'm just going around catching Pokemon. That's kind of like what I'm doing right now with my life. New Gigantamax forms. There's new raids you can do on the island. Um, new outfits, hairstyles, the, you get a style card, you can make your character look all different. You got new villains, and apparently Pokemon can follow you around on the Isle of Armor, which is pretty fun, too. But only on the Isle of Armor? Yeah, only on the Isle okay. of Armor, which is weird, <laughs> right? Like, they only allow them out here at the Isle of Armor. Only the Isle of Armor can the laws allow your Pokemon to follow you around. Otherwise, get fucked, Pokemon. You can't um, do it. I feel like at some point we need to do a game where you read... Me and Rihanna, a Pokemon name, and then we have to draw it, <laughs> what we think it looks like. Oh, oh my god! god. Great. Yes. yes. I'm going through this list, and I'm like, what the hell is, is an a moon goose? 
And I looked it up, and it looks like a weird pokeball with eyes oh, and arms. That was basically a giant fungus crossed with pokeballs. Ew. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm and I'm like, what's the what's the clotcher? Well, don't I just got one of those now we need we need you to draw them I do know unseen I do know what a what a there was one in here that I recognized where did it go (laughs) just one one. Sandy Gast oh yeah because Alexa Ray drew a Sandy Gast in our first year on the postcard and I watched her draw it I was like what the heck is that she's like it's a Sandy Gast obviously and I was like I was like what the heck haunted sandcastle Pokemon yeah yeah but yeah I mean I guess I just started I'm not haven't dived into the narrative I'm just going around catching Pokemon, finding Diglets, and getting stalked by animals in the water because there's these sharks that follow you around everywhere and it's kind of terrifying actually. Oh. But I guess on the actual island itself, like I was saying earlier, there's all sorts of different biomes like deserts and there's caves and secret passages you can find. And uh, yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, it's more Pokemon. I think it's definitely going to be worth the $15 because if you you know take the two DLCs and you split them in half, each one essentially costs you $15. Mm-hmm. So far, it seems like a good bang for your buck. And I'm excited to play more. Hmm. Neat. Yeah. Neat. Neat. Very dig, neat. Dig, diglets. Digilets? Diglets. Digilet. Oh, you called it a digilet. What do you call them? Diglets? Diglet. Diglets. You're so precious. And I love they like to you at all costs. Like little moles. Like chiclets, but diglets. Man, I had a chiclet in a hot minute. Yeah. I used to get the really tiny ones and would eat them like candy. They are? That's how you're supposed to do, right? But no, no, they're gum. They're, they're gum, so you're not really supposed to. You're not but. supposed to swallow it. You're supposed to chew it for a while and spit it out. Bree <laughs> and I, pretty, we have, pretty sure we have I a lot of gum in our intestines. Bree's like, pretty sure I never spit them out. <laughs> well, it's fine. If you have digestive you, issues. Yeah. yeah, you can eat gum technically. It's not going to kill you. It's just going to maybe, like, you know, not be great for your guts. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> <sighs> Anywho, um... Let me talk a little bit about Disintegration. So I want to thank Private Division for sending me a promotional code for Disintegration. So I want to make sure to get that disclaimer out of the way. Of course, uh, second disclaimer, I have the have had the pleasure of working with Disintegration, or not with Disintegration, but with the Private Division team on other titles. So um, in... I was very interested in this game. So, Re, you played the multiplayer at PAX. Yes? Yeah, yeah. We, I think we, we yeah, because we saw the demo together. Yeah, we saw we saw a video. They gave us a little bit of a, a you know preview of it, and then we went and we played an actual match. Uh, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. Do you remember what you thought of your multiplayer experience back at PAX last year? I do. I do. So the essentially what we were doing was uh, a control map where we were trying to take over three points between our team and the other team and uh the gameplay of disintegration is you have an uh, i don't know what they're called an operator you have a grab person, cycle thank yeah. you you have a person you're playing oh, the grab the- cycle and you're commanding like a yeah. little miniature group of troops to go to whatever point you um want them to go attack or defend on the map and then you have teammates who each have their own team as well so there's a lot of a lot of movement on the map there's a lot of information on the screen and not having more than one go through it was really overwhelming Mm -hmm. so i know how to play control maps that was a helpful like context for me if this is a game that's like the first multiplayer for somebody and they know how to do team-based mechanics or maybe even co-op team-based mechanics but that control map gameplay is a little bit unfamiliar it's going to be very overwhelming so 
my first impression was it looks cool, but I'm going to have to spend a lot more time with it to know if it's fun or like repeatable just because there was mm-hmm. just so much information to process at any given time. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of moving parts. And I think that that's both a benefit and potentially a weakness at the same time. And, and let me explain. So there's two sides to disintegration. There's the PVP, which Rihanna is discussing. And then there's also a single player campaign. So V1 Interactive, just a little bit about them from the disintegration website. It's a 30 person independent development studio founded by Marcus Leto, the co-creator of Halo. And they are, of course, making this game as a sci-fi first-person shooter combining FPS and real-time strategy elements. It's set in the new near future on Earth, and the only hope for human survival is through integration, a process developed to preserve human brains in robotic armatures. So essentially, your brain and your personality is in like a robot body. Like Revenant and Apex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so essentially the single player campaign follows this guy Romer and his friends who are outlaws and the kind of adventure that they go on. So they escape from this cloud prison. There's a big bad named Rayon who believes that all naturals should not exist anymore. Essentially like all naturals are just like humans with like fleshy bodies like we are, like we have. Squishies. <laughs> and then there's the integrations, which have armatures, and Rayon wants everybody to be in integration. Like, no more fleshies. All Everybody's robots. <laughs> no more fleshies. <laughs> and of like, course, like, you don't want to force people to give up their body if, you, if they don't want to, right? Like, their body, their choice. Um, but not, not according to Rayon. He wants world domination, as most big bads in video games do. <laughs> And so that's kind of like the high level of what's happening in the campaign. And I like that I got to spend time with a campaign before I've jumped into multiplayer. And I'll, I'll follow up with additional multiplayer thoughts. The game just came out. So I haven't gotten to spend time now that the PlayStation 4 servers are populated with people and there's you know more robust matchmaking. So I want to just give that caveat. My multiplayer experience has been in very closed, confined demo environments and hasn't been like in the wild. But what I like about the single player is that kind of gets you familiar with the way that commanding your troops works and also with how the grav cycle works. So the grav cycle is interesting because it kind of is a combination of a mech and a vehicle where you have shooting abilities but the first person gunplay just doesn't feel like gunplay. It feels like mech play. Mm. And it's and I think that that's why I haven't quite really latched onto it and gotten into it is because I want the ability to use scopes. I want to feel the guns. I want to feel the difference in the guns and feel the weightiness and, you know, the play difference between using a sniper and using an assault rifle or a shotgun or whatever your gun of choice is. And there is a like a side mode where you can get out of the grab cycle and use a shotgun on the ground. But let me tell you, you do not want to be in that spot because clearly this game is not designed for that. The Uh, game is designed for you to be on the grab cycle. hmm. And the flight mechanics of the grab cycle are pretty solid and pretty smooth and they feel good and they feel nice. But I think it's just not what I want from an FPS, particularly in a moment where Destiny is having this resurgence and that is, you know, obviously my favorite FPS. And I just was not like mentally ready for it. And there's just something about the way the story has been going that I'm not quite like 
locked into and I'm hoping that the multiplayer will bring, bring me back around. But the real-time strategy elements that they've brought in are really on display in the campaign. So you have your crewmates. So instead of having like these kind of faceless minions that you have in multiplayer, there are people whose names you know, there are other armatures and there are other like outlaws who are part of your band and then you get to upgrade their abilities and then command them in combat. So you're in your graph cycle and they're all on the ground. And so you actually spend far more time commanding them to shoot things and to drop their special abilities than you use yours. And I kind of feel like that's a bummer because I want to have cool abilities. (laughs) It has like a hint of that mass effect combat where you are, Mm-hmm. you know telling yeah. your teammates hey you use your biotics over here on this group of enemies or you use your concussive grenade over here on this group of enemies and there is that element to it which i really like but i want to be in there i want to be in the thick of it with my squad using my abilities and shooting cool things and now it's just like cool i have some rocket volleys and then every once in a while i get a cool mor- mortar strike or wait no the one of the characters has a mortar strike i don't even have the mortar strike <laughs> and i was like I don't, I feel like it's kind of like, oh, it's like a wah-wah. I'm like, but I, I don't, I don't, so I have the cool like it's stuff. more than, it's, it leans a little bit more strategy than first person shooter. Yes. I feel like it leans way more into strategy than FPS, which is ironic because they've always been pitching this as a shooter hmm. from the guy who created Halo, right? right? And so you're like, oh, cool. I'm excited to see it like brutal legend all over again oh yeah there you go it's perfect surprise it's a strategy game bitch oh yeah yeah didn't see that one coming did you (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm a little bit bummed on that i mean but the game looks good like the game really has no business looking as good as it does like the graphics look amazing the cutscenes are pretty great there is a little lip sync problems with the naturals because i mean they're humans with fleshy lips they're hard to animate versus the armatures you know they don't have a mouth that's why they want them all gone because it's hard to sync video it's it's hard to animate work that into the story Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry that's a major spoiler um but i'm excited to spend some time in the multiplayer they've got three modes currently and I think that it is blending a little bit of that MOBA gameplay that I love into a more squad-based shooter. And I think that they're doing something really interesting. And this game has a lot of potential. I just feel like it's going to fly under most people's radar. And that's kind of a bummer. Because I feel like with a little bit more development time and a little bit more money, they could have added some really substantial things to this. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm enjoying my time with it. And... I haven't had any problems or bugs with the game, which is great. But I am not finding myself yearning to go pick up the controller and jump back in right away. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I so. only played a couple hours of it, and then I found... No, sorry, that's a, that's a big exaggeration. I only played maybe <laughs> like 45 minutes of it. I did like, the tutorial, and then I got to the main area, I think, where you're talking about your companions, Andrea, where you get to like actually chat with them and get to know them. And then I found there's no invert, and I don't know if this has been patched in yet. And then I got... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got a little dizzy, and then I stopped. But uh, probably it could be because of the Pokemon DLC, because of The Last of Us Part Two. but I... I just myself don't really have the urge to pick it back up. But I do remember thinking that it was an interesting concept. But I'm so, so early. I don't know where the story's going. Obviously. Yeah, no. Again, I, I, this has a ton of potential. And if it does well enough, hopefully Private Division will keep it around and put more money in it. And we'll see more because I think the concept is really neat. And clearly the team put a lot of work into it. And it shows. It doesn't look like 
some you know half banked Jakey game. This game looks great. Like the graphics are great, and the gameplay, the gunplay feels good in multiplayer. It's just not the type of gunplay I was looking for. Hmm. But it still feels polished, is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? It yeah. does. Yes. Okay. Um, all right, cool. So I'll try to follow up with you guys once I spend some time in a matchmaking environment with that game. But now, on to the game that I'm guessing a lot of you listening to the show have started playing today. The Last of Us Part 2. Once again, PlayStation has provided us with promotional copies of The Last of Us Part 2 for our review and preview And we are going to continue our spoiler-free discussion, but we will be talking about themes and general elements. So if you want to go in completely blind, now is the time to say goodbye, and we will hopefully see you either this weekend on the Patreon streams or next week on the show. All right. TLU2. So, Brittany, you said that you've dabbled. Dabbled. Maybe an hour and a half to two hours. Oh, wow. So you're very Very early. early. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and Ray, you haven't even booted it up yet. Not yet. No, the plan is to start it tonight, and I'm going to play it nonstop until I finish oh. it. Okay. Well, gonna... I mean, I recommend taking breaks. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So Steimer has mm-hmm. been here uh, with me working on stuff because we've shot a lot of stuff this week, and she has made appearances on other things. So you went on our friend Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer's show, DLC, yes. to talk about The Last of Us Part Two. How did that go? It was great. I like those guys. Very friendly. Fun show. Was it a spoiler cast or was it just a regular chat? No, 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 no. That was a regular discussion of the game. So yeah, if you if you don't want spoilers, you can you can hop on in there. I did do the kind of funny spoiler cast that I think is going live tomorrow, even though the game (laughs) also goes live tomorrow. So like do not watch that at all. Like seriously don't. I know if you think like maybe you saw some spoilers on the internet. No 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 no. Just don't go into any spoiler cast before you actually get I'm actually to sit and play the game. Like low key, like upset that they're publishing it tomorrow. When you told me you were shooting it, I just assumed they were holding it yeah. until nope. next week. Like you don't I'm like, not in charge of kinda of funny. I don't make <laughs> Oh no. I'm not saying you are. I'm saying I'm with you. Like this game is it goes places and Brian Altano reinforced what you said as well. That you think that you might know, but the spoilers are not uh, the spoilers that were leaked are not anything compared to what you'll get inside the game. And so far, I'm about fifteen hours ish in. I'm at like roughly half. Yeah, so I'm like I'm making some good progress. And Steimer has been watching me play a little bit, and it's been tough because I am conflicted. Everybody here knows that I've always been conflicted about. The Last of Us, which is why Steimer got the code first and <laughs> gave us her detailed thoughts last week. So, so far, I told Steimer, I was like, you lied to me. <laughs> you <laughs> told me that there was levity, that there was enough levity in this game. And there's not. I it's dark. Felt, it's okay. really dark. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I don't know. Again, like when I was playing through it, that's how I felt. I didn't feel like I was overwhelmed by sadness all the time yes really dark shit happens maybe it was journaling i don't know but like (laughs) i did i did find a way like i didn't feel down all the time that definitely had um those really you know darker moments but i also feel like it, it spent a lot of time with really beautiful quiet moments and like that was where i felt like it did have a good balance it was just the introvert in you, Steimer, coming out. <laughs> like, oh, this is perfect. No one's here. You're not wrong. I, could, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. 
can't. No lies detected. <laughs> I I definitely agree with you that one thing that really is a standout. I mean, there's obviously a couple of things that are standouts, but one of the things that is like top top tier of this game is their ability to sit in a quiet moment in a world where it feels like flashes cuts attention thing click off this thing click on this other thing screen 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 music and it's just like our, there's just so much stuff happening in the world all the time no matter what you look at what other whatever kind of medium you're looking at whether it's on your phone or in a movie theater or whatever yeah and they do such a wonderful job of just saying you're gonna sit in this scene and you're not gonna be you're not going to be motivated to grab your phone and check. It's not like you're watching a loading screen and you're scrolling a quick TikTok or Twitter or whatever. It's like you're going to want to sit there and sit in the moment. And it's there's several of them that are really well done. And there was a point when I was playing last night in a particularly stressful sequence of gameplay where I was like, can we just get another moment that's quiet, <laughs> like a quiet moment? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, but they they you do usually do that, right? Like they'll amp it up, and you'll have like something that's really intense, and then they'll usually give you a moment to like chill out, because mm-hmm. yeah, because you need it. You need to come down off the adrenaline high. But I feel like those moments have been few and far between. I feel like it's more of you not knowing when you can calm down. Yeah. Mm. Because like, as I'm watching, I'm like, you're totally fine here. But like, you're like, I think there's something around the corner. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're good. Like, it's really fine. No, but like, because you've played through, you know, right, but I'm, I'm on high alert the whole time because I, I think the reason why I've been conflicted is because I 100% appreciate Naughty Dog as a studio, like full stop period. They are a great studio that does really fantastic work. I disagree with some of the choices that they've made in this game because I feel like they are just narratively juxtaposed in a way that they have promoted their vision that feels inauthentic to me. And I'm having trouble wrestling with that. I'm having trouble letting that go and just enjoying the game for what it is instead of what it's supposed to be or pretending to be or trying to be instead of what it is. And let me give an example. So there is a moment where there is a jump scare in the game and the jump scare to me feels super cheap. And I got very mad because this game isn't a game about jump scares. This isn't resident evil, right? Like this game isn't intentionally trying to freak you out to freak you out with like a, like a liquor falling from the ceiling and like biting your face off, oh, right? Like, like a liquor. I'm thinking of like booze. Same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, like no, the, okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. weird monsters that like are on the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, got, side, it, got it. Right. Or there's not like a, like a crazy zombie just grabbing you from behind around a hallway that you didn't hear coming. Like the game is trying to ground itself in real realism as a survival horror game. Right. In a lot of ways, which we've discussed on previous episodes. And I appreciate that. You have this enhanced listen mode, where you can like see things and she's a good tracker and Ellie as a character is supposed to be like really gritty and authentic and raw. And then there's just like this really cheap moment where it just breaks all of these conventions that they've spent hours immersing you in. And you've gotten comfortable with that immersion as sometimes scary or heavy or weighty as it can be. And, but you've kind of succumbed to the fact that like, this is the world that you're in. It's dark, it's quiet, it's atmospheric. And then there was just this thing that took me right out of it. And I got like so mad. I was just, why? Why did they, why did they do this cheap jump scare? 
And Summer was like, well, there's not that many of them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't care. Go. They're, either, they're either committing to doing the fucking jump scares and like I'll just know going in like I did with Resident Evil that like there could I mean, be a there weird are scare. jump scares. And I feel like I said originally there you are did. jump scares. You did. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, Summer, how did you feel about that jump scare? I mean, obviously, you avoiding spoilers, but did it get you the way it got her? I mean, I was start. Yeah. I mean, in the but sense did you get that, mad? Yes, it got me. No. <laughs> oh. I didn't get mad at all. <laughs> I because I, I I expect it in a way right like yeah I don't disagree with what you're saying that um those moments it's just hard for me because I'm like well, first of all this is a very difficult discussion to have while trying to remain spoiler free sure. yeah. <laughs> it's just like uh um but for me I feel like the jump scares serve a place um they serve a purpose they're not they are used I don't want to even say frequently they are used You'll see them more than once. But to me, they never took me out of the experience. They only added tension. Um, mm-hmm. And in a place where, I mean, you you might disagree with the placement of them or whether or not you needed it in that moment. But to me, they always served some sort of a, a story purpose or were kind of just there. Honestly, yeah, there are some where you're just like, oh, that was kind of like a, they wanted to get you and they got you. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. But I don't necessarily begrudge them that considering the setting. Like it is. Yeah the end of the world essentially so i kind of just let it go but like i mean and during the spoiler cast i'll be able to go into quite detail about why i got so angry about this particular jump scare Mm. um again like i think anybody going into the last of us knows there's going to be a jump scare or two in this game right like that's just the way a a game about suspense is yes and I, I, the reason why I bring up the atmosphere building is because that was something that Neil Druckmann drove home when I did the preview event with PlayStation last year. I mean, he did a whole long speech about the amount of work his team put into creating atmosphere and they succeeded in spades. Like you will be stressed the fuck out when you play this game. And this was what I was worried about right now in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of everything happening with the protests, in the midst of the state of the world is that everybody's high stress right now and high anxiety, myself included. And I just was not ready. I was not ready for it. And I thought that I could be and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It's just a game. And the more I keep playing, because obviously I feel compelled because I want to finish it and I want to see what happens with the story because the story has taken some turns that I did not expect that I, I just like, I keep finding myself feeling like I don't know how to process any of these emotions that I don't like that it's making me feel this way. Mm. And I'm to journal. No, get your book. I mean like journaling. Yes. But like, I feel like the, the journaling I would do would be me just angrily writing about how much I hate naughty dog for making me feel this way. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like that's the point of journaling is to help you get out and process feelings. Right. I know. But what I want to, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I know that it's tough right now. And if you at all are concerned that this might push you into a place that you're not ready to go, I highly encourage you to wait to play this game Mm. until you are mentally ready to take on that extra tension, that extra stress, and to make sure that you have the space for a release. Because if you don't, if you've got other obligations and shit in your life where you aren't going to be able to, and that tension could potentially cause you to explode or lash out at other people in your life because the game has pushed you over the edge, I want to give you a freaking warning, okay, that it's intense. And it's going to make you feel things and they absolutely deserve to be applauded for making you feel something because that's hard to do in games. And I think that's why people have praised the game 
But I think the reason I'm mad is because I don't like games to make me feel this way. And that's why I'm struggling. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. No, I mean, that's something I think I mentioned on the DLC podcast. I was like, the reason people will stop playing this game is not because they can't, because they've added so many accessibility features or whatever. It's really probably going to be the emotional weight of it and whether or not they want to see the story through. I would encourage you to, but I do think that that will definitely be um, a stopping point for a lot of folks. Yeah. And like, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Again, I do encourage you to try and push through because I think you'll get, you'll get through it. Like, um, not, uh, yeah, I'll just gonna shut up there. Cause like, I don't want to <laughs> say something that's going to yeah. fuck me up, but I, yeah, I have Go like ahead, a non-spoiler related question for, for both of you and, and even you Brit, since you've started a little, um, obviously our friend of the show, blind gamer, Steve was, um, recently talking in a lot of different outlets about the accessibility options and how amazing they are. But in any of your playthroughs, have you found the need to bump it down to baby ass baby or does it feel fair or normal? Is it too easy? Like obviously the emotional weight is a little bit difficult to get through, but how is the actual challenge of the gameplay? So it, the accessibility is great and we are having Steve on the Monday show. So he's going to come on, on what's good games live this coming Monday and talk to us about, the accessibility and his kind of accessibility review overall. Obviously we talked about his really emotional video that he posted, but we wanted to actually deep dive into him with like what these things are that were so impactful for him. So hopefully you guys will join us for that. But I under Steimer's direction and I'm glad I did. I played the first couple of hours without the, some of the combat accessibility on, for example, there is the no flanking mode, which she mentioned last week. I was like, why don't I just try it? Mostly because John was like, you should just try it the way it is without the toggles on and then turn the toggles on if you want. And I was like, fine. (laughs) So I did and I instantly hated it. I instantly (laughs) hated Infected coming up and grabbing me from behind. I like, it like gave me like a visceral physical reaction of like, I fucking hate this. I'm noping out of this instantly. So I, I turned it on. So I have no flanking mode on. I also have the, you can't grab my friends. So if you have an NPC that's fighting with you, there's a toggle that prevents enemy AI from grabbing them and using them as like a human shield or killing them or trying to attempt. I don't know if your NPC friends can get killed in the game or if they get downed or how that works because I, I have that turned off. Um, because I was like, I don't want to stress out about an NPC. I don't want to stress out if they're making noise or if they, they've, you know, whatever I want. This yeah. game is stressful like, that's enough. What, yeah, and that's what I was trying to encourage people of for last yeah. week. I'm like, make this tailor this to be however you need it to be don't worry about it don't stress about like i'm not playing it on the hardest difficulty i'm not whatever like it doesn't matter yeah the point of this game is yes there's fun gameplay um but the point of this it's not like a dark souls (laughs) (laughs) where that's kind of the the crux of the whole thing no the Um, combat is still like mediocre let's spoil the the combat is is, does what it needs to do and it's still fun but yeah like it's not the standout of a naughty game ever in my opinion the Mm -mm. standout of a naughty game is always its characters it's always its atmospheres it's always its storytelling and those are the things that really do shine here and again that's not to like talk smack about the gameplay it's just like when you look at when you look at the hierarchy (laughs) of the elements in the game those that's not any one of them that like rises to the top right Exactly. One I turned on the option is when you go prone, you're invisible, which I yeah. thought, which is which is an interesting one because I mean I'm terrible at stealth and like I don't 
I, I mean, obviously, I don't really mind jump scares because I, I kind of love them in Resident Evil games. So I'm kind of like, eh, numb to them. And so, like, getting flanked or grabbed from behind, that doesn't necessarily bother me. But what I can't stand, which causes me more stress than anything, is when I got to be stealthy and I fuck it up. I just, <laughs> oh. So I turn on the go invisible when prone, which, I mean, can kind of break it because I tested it out. So there's all these infected around me and I was just prone rocking right in front of them do, 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 do. And they just didn't even notice me at all whatsoever so i i'm keeping it on but i'm gonna try not to abuse it so we'll we'll see how that yeah. turns out yeah i don't have that on but what i have found is that in certain instances like you have a depending on the type of enemy you can have either a, a generous like um like the grab and stealth kill like prompts you get can mm-hmm. be either generous or it can be very not generous and that's like something you learn about specific enemy types as you go through the game it's part of you know the progression process but um that's good to know for people if they were you know curious about that i i was concerned about that as well i felt like it might take uh, away some of that immersive stealth that this game is known for by putting that on but again if that's what you want play how you there's want because again the a- game is hard enough on the easiest of easy mode there's also a middle option which is what i had turned off or turned on or like at some point in there so like you'll be invisible but only for a short period of time so <laughs> yeah you can, right. so you can either have it yeah turn like you're not invisible at all you're temporarily invisible or you're fully invisible always um so you can fiddle with it a little bit there and give yourself more leeway so that you're not like invincible but you might like some parts stressing you out you can easily just be like okay i go prone now and like (laughs) crawl through yeah i turned the traversal accessibility on no not the traversal the navigation accessibility Hmm. so if i click the left stick in it'll give me an arrow for which direction i need to go for the next narrative element because there are several sections of the game where you can roam around and discover secrets and pick up collectibles and get you know crafting materials etc etc and i was just like i don't the I just need to know. And boy, was it helpful in a couple of instances where you have to get out of Dodge quick. I was just spamming that button. I was like, where, 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 where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? I need to get out. I need to get out. Um, and so I think like the accessibility is great. And I look forward to diving more into that with Steve on Monday. So thank you, Ree, for bringing that up. I think that, you know, when it comes to what's happening with Ellie and looking back at the story from The Last of Us, there's just so much there left open for interpretation. And I don't think we've ever really sat down on What's Good Games and talked about the ending of The Last of Us and how we all kind of felt about it in great detail. But you're going to have to confront that like head on because this is a direct continuation story-wise. And so if you didn't play The Last of Us and you don't have time or you don't want to go back and play it, I highly encourage you to watch like a recap video or read the wiki because those details are going to matter. All of the events of that game are going to matter narratively in this game. So hopefully you can take the time to watch a recap before you play. They do like a very brief recap at the beginning of the game when you start it, but it does not come close to recapping the emotions around all of that. And it's, it's important. And I think the thing the the Last of Us has always struggled with that I am once again struggling with in part two is this narrative dissonance between Ellie and Joel killing people at random, it feels like, in the open world in your encounters and then having these really meaningful moments where they come face to face with somebody narratively and they you know, have to like make a decision of like, what am I going to do? Like, do we kill this person? Do we let them go or whatever, you know? And then like, it always feels like a, 
I, I can't connect the dots because much like in Uncharted where they Naughty Dog has been criticized for like having this like kind of like charming character in Nathan Drake who then is like a murdering <laughs> I mean, maniac. He's, he's a sociopath <laughs> for sure. You know, it's like that that same problem exists in this game. And this what I complained about after the preview event is that I had this demo with Ellie when she's up against the WLF, one of the factions in the game, the human factions. And she just like rip roars through and murders. And I'm like, that, that, <laughs> that's cool by me. If, like, where it's a video game. Video game violence, you know, is not something I have an issue with. I have an issue with a game that tries to make me feel something about a death of a character when I kill at will in several other parts of the game. I feel like there's a giant disconnect there and I don't know how to wrestle with that. I feel like hmm. what they've tried to do um, whether or not you felt it was successful is another story, but they do try to make even those deaths that are random and PC have a little bit more weight with the way that the characters will talk to each other. So mm-hmm. you'll have, they all have names. Um, and so it'll be like, well, Steve's, Steve's missing or whatever. Like that's just whatever, you know? And so they'll, and they will, or they'll be like, Oh my God, I found Joe and he's dead. Like whatever. <laughs> um, so you do kind of feel a little bit more of like, Ooh, that was a like, person. Oops, that was a person. And um, with the WLF, all the dogs, like they will, if you shoot the dog, the person will be like, ah! I, I don't remember what how they name their dogs, but <laughs> so the, it's Rover. The dogs, the dogs Rover. have names too. Oh no, yeah. Rover. Rover. Like, what happened to Rover? Um, so like they, they do call those things out and it, you're like, oh, <laughs> and like you don't, I mean, you, I don't agree that you can go fully non-lethal, but you can definitely go as non-lethal as possible. Like you can definitely wiggle your way through a lot of prone baby counters. Invincibility. Not even going invisible prone. You can definitely do it. If you go invisible prone, you have no (laughs) issues in the world. Um, But you can kind of like crouch and keep moving. And that was something that I wasn't doing for a while because I was in video game mode and I was like, just clear them out one at a time. <laughs> Let's go to town. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. Fuck Steve. Don't care. Um, <laughs> but I, as I started to play more, I did. So I was like, okay, uh, maybe I'll just. What part of it was there was a lot of them and I didn't yeah. feel like dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And the other part was like, do I have to? And when I started to think about that and do I have to, I was like, mm. and so I tried without. And then it was, I was like, oh, no, I don't have to. I can just like sneak on by these people and let's go. I wish that they would have done an upgrade tree that focused more on stealth elements. Mm. It feels like a lot of the combat progression in the skill tree system is focused on the gunplay and upgrading Ellie's weapons and the tools that you have that are used to be lethal. And that was also a criticism I had in the preview. And it's on full display here in the final game as well. And that to me has been something that I've had butted heads with people in the comments about on videos of being like, well, you're just not playing the game right. I go, well, why on earth is Naughty Dog giving me all of these different abilities to upgrade my gun and get stability and put a scope on it and f- increase the firing rate and making a big fucking deal about it. And if I'm not supposed to use them. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a fair point. Um, and it's, yeah, because like the guns, all of them, they all have like they animated new parts and they look awesome the animation for the gun for the gunsmith table like looks freaking cool yeah it's neat um but yeah but the idea that you would only maybe use them on infected is (laughs) lol okay not (laughs) it's not realistic (laughs) um but 
I do think there's something to be said for it. It at least did make me think about it uh, more than other video games have. Um, I will say, though, that the last time I thought about this was The, was the Last of Us. Um, but it was how I felt the ending felt really off and how, uh, I guess, spoilers for The Last of Us OG, um, the very ending sequence with where you as Joel kind of clear out an entire hospital wing. <laughs> um, I was just like, what? Look, I know we've we've killed a lot of people by this point, but this just felt like Rambo style, and it felt really odd um, for a game that is was a, well, you know a lot more tame up until that point. I never had that much of a moment in this one. Like, yes, there are little things here or there where you could definitely argue it, but it was never like so far out there the way I felt that moment with Joel was. Mm. Yeah. I have so much more to say that I cannot say yes. because of spoiler reasons. Um, I just, I'm, I'm finding myself very angry when I play a lot. I'm very angry. Balance it with Animal Crossing, baby girl. Yeah. So this is why I'm like 100%, like I play The Last of Us and then I lay in bed and play Animal Crossing for like an hour before I go to sleep. There you go. Palette cleanser. Like watering my flowers <laughs> and like putting some more custom patterns on the floor. Like I just... I, I want to get into the spoiler cast. Yes. Yeah. And you guys will all play. <laughs> I know I have more to play, and I know that people who have finished are like, just wait, just wait, just wait. And I'm like, okay, I really hope Naughty Dog lands it, because where I'm at in the story right now, I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm just very mad. And I don't like feeling this way. And I hate that one of the things that is supposed to be an escape for me from everything that's fucking going wrong in the world is making me equally mad and sad and scared and it's like the fucking worst so i'm hoping they land it i'm hoping you land it naughty dog and we don't get to the spoiler cast and i table flip and say Fuck <laughs> <game."> <laughs> that's where i'm at right now so <laughs> hopefully this doesn't turn you off from playing the game yeah can we do it does <laughs> <laughs> like i'm amped let's go <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, I think that's probably going to do it. And um, I definitely want to hear more from you guys when you've played more. And I don't know if you want to talk next week, if you want to wait until the spoiler cast. How are you two feeling about, you know, where, where you want to go? You want to just assess after you've put more time in? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because, yeah, it's, it's tough to really fully talk about this game without having, yeah, like, I, gone through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, I'm just stressed now talking Go about play it. AC. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for our show for this week. Sorry to leave you in kind of a weird place. It was just a weird <laughs> day, a weird show, man. Not a lot of super-duper good news today. Year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the good news is that I'm building a PC. It's going to be fun. We're going to be playing a cool pride game, raising money for cool stuff and then we got patreon this weekend and you know it's juneteenth next happy juneteenth everyone yes oh my gosh we yes. didn't even talk about how awesome it is that hbo put watchmen out for free all episodes of watchmen are available in celebration of juneteenth and how it's important for everyone to reflect and remember if you don't know about juneteenth I don't know if you do you want to talk about Juneteenth, Rihanna, or do you want to just say, like, go I'll, find it? I'll say go find it. <laughs> Google it. Like, educate yeah. yourself. You're empowered. But um, it's important. Watchmen's yeah. important. Learning about Tulsa Massacre is important. Just look it all up. It's good stuff. Yeah. Juneteenth. Well, bad stuff, but good stuff to know. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Impor- important things. stuff. <laughs> so um, that's going to do it for our show for this week. Thank you for everybody for sticking with us. We know it's been a little bit of a stressful one, but we love you guys and we love that you love the show. And we will be back next week. See you later, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.